Good morning, everyone. It is January the 21st, 2021, the 21st day of the year 2021. This is Manchester is burning with a not so instant, instant reaction to the city beating the villa. Yes, 2 0, 2 0, and scoreline for the Blues against the villa at. City of Manchester Stadium. Yes. Now, I'm going to be to the point, or I'm going to try, okay? I don't want to go on too many rants. I'm not going to give any major shout-outs right now. But I want to say also, in case you missed it, in case you missed it yesterday, I dropped a very special episode on Mason Greenwood, grief over the death of a friend by suicide and mental health and media bias. Check that out on all podcast platforms. Very personal pod for me. Very, very personal. So please, please go back and, and take a listen to that. Uh, if you do not mind, it's just a different, different type of tone in that one. Different type of tone in that one, my friends out there in the world. I'm coming at you from the ATL. Wow. All right. So point number one, as I catch my breath. I've been doing a lot of training and taking the, the leaky puppy out and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, it is one of those things. So point number one. Well, no, I'm, before I get to point number one, let me, let me talk about something else. All right. All right. So what? I'm trying to figure this out. The weather in Manchester during this match between the Cité and the Villa was horrifically bad. I mean, and so apparently it is standard Manchester UK weather in January. Cold and rainy. Okay. I wonder why, why do they not talk about weather as a factor? I don't think they talk about it enough. In every other sport that's outside that I've ever witnessed, they talk about the weather when the weather is bad. But in this match, they were like, oh, typical Manchester but I, doesn't it affect the play? Doesn't the wind and the cold and the rain affect the play? I mean, it has to. I mean, I know these are professional athletes and they're paid boatloads of money and all this other stuff. And they got cars and trees and stuff and shrubbery outside their yard. But, I mean, it's still, they're human beings. And they, they, you know, and they could put on different types of clothing, thermo stuff and things like that. That's cool. But... But it's still got to affect, you know, the wind and the rain, the cold's got to affect them, you know. And I, and I wonder if that also plays in muscle injuries and things like that. I know they got top-notch medical people and things like that again, though, but you can't stop the weather. You can't you can't stop that. So I, I, I needed to talk about that for a second. It's like, when does the weather – I mean, I know they hear about it during hot. During hot weather. I, I, you know, it's like in games, uh, you know, you get water breaks and things like that. If the if the weather's too hot, and they they did that on uh, Project Restart and all that sort of stuff, but but it's got you got it's got to affect them. It, I mean, I can't imagine, especially players who don't are not native to Manchester, playing in Manchester. I mean, they got to be like, ooh. How many players the city have that didn't come that are not from Manchester? But then you got. Phil Foden, who is from Manchester, and of course, you seem like he was the best player on the field, but I'll get I'll give it that in a second, y'all. But I mean, when we talk about the weather, uh, but it was perfect Manchester weather. Yes, it was perfect. 
Yeah, let's just leave it at that, apparently. All right, coming back at you in a moment to give you my points on the Villa in the city. 2-0, 2-0 for Manchester City, putting them on top of the table for exactly two and a half hours. Yo, back. We're back, yeah. It's early in the morning, not so early in the morning. And in DATL, the sun again hasn't come back out and we're throwing this pod out there. Okay, point number one, I want to talk about luck. I want to talk about luck. The football, rival football fan mob, the altruistic football fan mob out there wants to talk about luck when it comes to other teams, that they got lucky that they won or that they got, it was an illegal goal. And they got lucky, a lucky call. I want to talk about that first point because this is very important when it comes to this match. Because in the 79th minute, Bernardo Silva got a feed from Rodri. After Rodri dispossessed the Aston Villa defender, I think it was Ings, I believe. After Ings got a ball, he possessed the ball. Rodri was in an offside position when the Villa player possessed the ball. And then the and then Ings, I think it was him, yeah, purposefully made a movement with the ball and then was dispossessed. Now, according to the rules, when that happens, when the, the when the player, the opposing player possesses the ball in deliberately moves with the ball, which is what happened. The Villa player did this. It does not matter where the city, in this case, defender was, or player, was when they went to him and dispossessed him. So it doesn't It doesn't matter. It takes out that offside. Yes, Rodri was in an offside position prior to the Villa player getting the ball, possessing the ball, and moving with the ball. And then when said player, Rodri, dispossesses Ings after a movement was made, it canceled out. That move by the Villa player canceled out the offsides. So in, in actuality, Rodri was not offsides. No one was offsides. Now, Villa went ballistic because eventually Bernardo Silva made an incredibly strong shot and got the first goal, the pivotal goal, because it was a tough match. But he got the pivotal goal, crucial goal, to make it 1-0. His first Premier League goal of the season, the dude got. Mr. Silva. Dean Smith, manager of Eston Villa, went ballistic. He got red carded himself out. Going ballistic on that one. But the but the rules are the rules. The rule is that when a player gets the ball, possesses it, moves the ball deliberately. And another player, in this case, Rodri, comes to him from an offside position, dispossesses him. That's not offside. 
But everyone called it. It was offsides. It was offsides. He was offsides. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Not according to the rules. Not according to the rules. But no, the football mob, the rival fan, altruistic football mob out there, they're like, oh, they got lucky. They got lucky. It was an illegal goal. No, it wasn't. Objective fact. No, it was not an illegal goal. End of story. But then you want to say they got lucky. All right, let's talk about luck here. I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in it. Let me repeat. I do not believe in luck. Here's why. You have to put yourself in position for opportunities to happen. Things just don't happen in a vacuum. There's cause and there's effect. For good things to happen for you, for me, for 99.6% of the population, you have to put yourself in position to make something good happen. If you don't put yourself in position to have the opportunity for good things to happen, then 99.6% of the time, it won't happen. So they're going to say, the mob want to say that City got lucky getting that goal. No. No. They are not lucky. Two reasons. A City player dispossessed a Villa player, fair and square, The Villa player had possessed the ball and intentionally moved with the ball deliberately, canceling out any offsides, good dispossession, good pass to uh, ended up in uh, Silva's feet. And Silva, with skill, with quality, with precision, got in into the goal. one nothing. If Rodri wasn't there, if Silva didn't get the pass, Silva wasn't good enough, They put themselves in opportunity to make something good happen, and it did. If they weren't there, they didn't pull it off, then it wouldn't have happened. You've got to put yourself in opportunity for good things to happen. It is not luck, like somehow you dropped into it. That's not how it works. You put yourself in position and opportunity to make things happen. Even if it is given to you on a silver platter, as they say, you still got to pick up the bags. You still got to put yourself in position for good things to happen. And that's what City did all match long. Going now to point number two. Manchester City gutted this thing out. Aston Villa was on the front foot from the get-go. When you have Jack Grealish, who I think is, he is a difference maker. He is a change maker. He is a game changer. I would want him on my team. I would want him on my team because he is a game changer. He has skill. He has grit. 
he doesn't stop, and he has the best hair in the Premier League and the best calves. Hands down. He's a game changer. I would pay for him. And he could have ended up on one of the Manchester squads if Villa had been regula- regulated. No, I don't believe in regulation. Nah, no, relegation. If the Villa hadn't been relegated, it's been rumored that he would have ended up at United. That would have been a game changer. Okay, that would have been a game changer. But instead, they kept him and they improved their squad. And Villa decided what they were going to do was to try to kind of balance being stout on defense, which apparently they do have a very decent back line because they must have because they do absorb all the pressure that City provided them. They must have, and they did. They played very, very well. That defense played very well. They were hard to break down, hard to break down. And then you had Grealish just making plays, and then you had a couple of plays there where you got some Villa players free, and, I, and that left me wondering if Grealish was on a team that actually had other quality players that are as good as he is around him, who knows how Villa would be, But because they couldn't convert. They couldn't create good opportunities to get to that in a second. So they were on the front foot. Villa did come at them on the counter several times, and they did get some opportunities to create a shot-creating action, which didn't happen, okay? It didn't happen for the Villa. So that was a change because a lot of teams, a few other teams like to sit back and everything else. But when you got a Grealish, then you can play a little bit on the front foot, and they did. So they put City on more pressure than they had seen on the defensive side in a while. But it did not matter. The back line held again. You can't lose when you don't give up goals. You can't. It's not possible. You can't do it. City's defense is the story of their season. It is the story. If they win the title, they lift the trophy at the end with the ribbons on it, with the blue ribbons on it, the story will be the defense. The story will be John Stones, the reclamation project. The story will be Ruben Diaz. That's the story because City didn't play with a, with a true nine again, and they struggle when they don't. They struggle to actually score and convert goal opportunities when they don't have a true nine. Jesus did come on the field, and it changed how City played tremendously. The energy level stepped up a notch. But when you have Bernardo Silva or Phil Foden playing in a false nine situation, I think it was more like Foden, but he was coming out from the left. You know, it's hard. It's been hard. But Villa gave him a challenge because they got speed in the front. They got Grealish making making a noise in the back with his hair. Uh, and, and it tested him. But still, resolute defense. Resolute. Resolute. Third point. Phil Foden, how good is he? How good is he? He was the man of the match. The energy level, the work rate, the passing, the movement. He was stellar. I mean, the dude was stellar. I mean, he he really was playing completely out of position. 
totally out of position and a plane on from the left and almost all of his attack was from the left side but he was absolutely stellar with his passing movement pace setting things up if i'm if i'm correct he had the most shot creating actions out of anyone on the city side check that real quick yeah he had 10 he had 10 shot creating actions 10 of them had five shots, one on target. But the most important thing to me is those 10 shot creating actions. Absolute awesome performance. He's got to start every match now, particularly now that it looks like De Bruyne is injured and he may be out for a moment, but we don't know full detail on that yet. They need someone with some speed, some magic, some creativity. They need, they're going to need Phil Foden on the pitch there. He's not Kevin De Bruyne. No, he's definitely not. 20 years old. He's not. He's not there yet. But they're going to need him if De Bruyne is out for a long period of time. Four, last point here before I close this, this sucker out. XG for Manchester City was 3.34, but that does include that end game penalty that Google on actually converted. Thank you very much, Pep. Uncle Pep did not use someone who doesn't know how to take penalties. I don't know how good Google on is taking penalties, but at least he converted that one. You take that 0.6 out, then it lowers that XG down to around way, you know, about 2.76, something like that. So basically there were a lot of opportunities, a lot of chances created. Uh, and Aston Villa was very resolute. There were moments where I thought City slowed down. I don't know if it was the weather, fatigue, being tired, et cetera. But there were moments where that offense slowed down. They just couldn't unlock them. Um, they lacked some creativity at times. And But then I, it had – there was just – I think it comes down to Villa defensive line being resolute. How many corners did City get? I counted over 10 in the first 35, 40 minutes. There was at least 10 of them. There were at least 10. Okay. That – I mean, it's just blocking and and intercepting and and, and so forth. They were resolute. They really were. Uh, and, you know, they, they had a great performance. But then when you don't have a nine, that makes it tough. It makes it tough on the offense. And that's what happened with City, uh, you know, in that match. The PPDA of Manchester City, uh, talk about that a lot. That is the average amount of passes you allow your opponent to take before making a defensive action on average. Anything under 10 means you're pressing uh, in that your defensive zone. Cities, it was 8.24. That is typical for them. And Villa, the Villa was 22.29. So they a lot of uh, passing around that City was able to do in, in the Villa's defensive zone. 28 shots, 28 by the Cité. Only nine of them landed on target. Nine of them landed on target. Talk about missed opportunities in my last point. Talk about that for a moment. The, of course, that penalty shot is a .76 XG on that shot. 76% chance of going in. Let's take that out. But there were two big opportunities. One was John Stones very early in the match but his shot was blocked. That was an XT of 0.68. I do not know how that happened, but it was a blocked shot. But you could put that down as a missed opportunity. Another one uh, was right after that. Maybe I got them mixed up, but there was a corner 
Silva had the ball. His XG on his block shot off his left foot was 0.54, 54% chance of conversion, but he but that was saved by their goalie, who had a pretty decent performance. But on the other side, I got you know, again, when you do not allow your opponent to have actual goal opportunities and goal chances, you're gonna be strong. Villas XG total was 0.6. 0.6. They didn't, they didn't, you know, yeah, maybe they looked dangerous at times and they were on the front foot at times. And you had the hair do Grealish at times. But their best chance resulted in a shot was an XG of 11, 0.11, which means an 11% chance. And that was John McGinn's left-footed shot that missed in the 75th minute. That was their biggest chance. Again, Ederson had... Very little to do, but he had a little bit more to do in this match than usual. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, they got snuffed out. Villa is a stronger offense than, than this, the ones that they've seen, that City has seen in a, in a little while this season. And they got snuffed out again. A little forest fire again, snuffed out by a towel on top of a little fire. And he got snuffed out. Fire extinguisher. That's basically what Diaz and Stones is. They're fire extinguishers. Strong. Strong. Strong defense. You cannot lose when you don't give up goals. And that's what City does. They don't give up goals. They struggle at times to get goals, but it don't matter. Again, fans, City fans, be happy. I know you are for two and a half hours because you're on top of the league. But be happy with 2 nil. Be happy. There's no luck involved. Don't let the fans bring you down until you got an illegal shot and whatever. No, it wasn't illegal and it wasn't luck. You put yourselves an opportunity to win. Your team put themselves an opportunity to win that match. Your defense was resolute when they were needed to, and you won 2 0. Lot to celebrate there. Lot to celebrate. All right. Manchester Burning is going to close out for now. The next cast, the next one is going to be about Manchester United, their win at Fulham. That was interesting. 2-1. As I sit here in the ATL, Manchester United is on top of the table halfway through the season with 40 points. They play 19 games, and they have 40 points. That is over two points a match that they have earned. Okay, They are in first place. It does not matter what Liverpool does today. United will be in first place. City will be is right behind them. It is crowded in that top four. Crowded. Manchester Burning is going to sign off now. Again, look at the light, see the light, know the light is there. Welcome it. There's hope there. There's darkness there. Acknowledge it. Know that it's there. But do not let the darkness ever hug you. And if it does, please reach out for help and take care of yourselves. Manchester Burning is out.